Welcome to the Mind Training Podcast. I'm Dr. Henry Gregory, clinical psychologist and seeker of knowledge, seeker of light. I'm put this podcast together so we can have discussions about the mind. One of the things that we all have in common is we all have a mind, or at least had a mind. When I say that, because um, there are forces out there that are continually looking to have our minds for us. Some are benevolent and some not so much. The mind is like a computer. It will be programmed by whatever goes in it, whatever we watch, whatever we engage in, whatever we read, whatever we experience influences how we think and how we perceive things. So the mind um, can rationalize, justify, or defend any position, any perception one chooses to have. The issue is, do I train my mind to be how I think it should be, or do I allow these external forces to do it for me? Now, like I said, some of the external forces are benevolent because we get a lot of programming from our family of origin. You know, love, nurturance, encouragement, all those things, esteem, all those things come from interaction with our family of origin in our early stages of development. Uh, we also get uh, programming from, from our institutions of learning, from our um, social institutions, um, our leisure activities. A lot of good programming comes from the interactions many of us have. But also from those same benevolent sources, uh, sometimes we get things that are not as uh, positive or productive perhaps a negative set of image of ourselves, or perhaps some stuck emotions that we may refer to as traumatic experiences and such. All of those can program, shape, or color the way the mind functions. And those are just benevolent forces. There are also forces out there that are perhaps... um, not as much interested in our welfare, but might be considered to be more exploitive in the sense that we are being marketed to continually uh, for the benefit of profit of those who um, control different industries. I mean, just for instance, the average person on an average day sees 2,000 commercials, 2,000 commercials. That's as we drive up and down the street. That's as we look on the uh, television, as we open our phones and do social media, 2,000 commercials. That means 2,000 sophisticated attempts to influence how we think and how we act how we see ourselves, what we value, how we will spend our money, our time, our energy. 
what we, we, what we will, will believe is real and what we will believe is not real. There are forces out there that use some of the best scientific knowledge to uh, influence that through what we call commercials. Most of it's based on uh, uh, behaviorist um, orientation uh, that was promoted by a guy named B.F. Skinner some years back. And one of his main uh, contributions, written contributions, was called Beyond Freedom and Dignity. Beyond Freedom and Dignity. And what he would say is if you give the person the right stimulus, they will give you the response that you want. It's all about reinforcement. It's all about reinforcement. That's primarily what most of the commercials are about. For instance, have you noticed now the commercials these days, they come out and they may have somebody dancing or some bright colors or or, or, or some provocative pose or something. And something dramatic is going on, but you don't know what is the theme. Up until the last three or four seconds, they flash the logo. What they know is as long as they have your in, in, in attention, all they have to do is flash the logo at the last few seconds, and that's going to imprint in your mind. So when you start to think about those kind of things that were in that um, commercial, you will automatically go to that thing that they were promoting as a source for that experience and those feelings. So it's become very, very sophisticated, but we are all bombarded daily, daily with... um, other people's ideas of what we should be thinking, what we should be doing, how we should be experiencing life. And I'll tell you, um, a lot of the research says we are becoming less and less healthy as a nation, and even worldwide, but particularly as this in this nation, um, as we um, become more and more influenced by pop culture, um, fast food diets, um, social media. As we become less discriminative about what we put in and just do what's convenient, what's popular, what tastes good, what looks good. As we get seduced by our senses and that's reinforced, our minds are being programmed by these external sources that at some level help continually create a larger and larger wealth gap. And when I say wealth gap, I mean that less uh, uh, um, one-tenth of one percent of the people now have 42% of the wealth in this country. One-tenth of one percent. (laughs) One percent has 62%. So that means 99% of us are fighting over 38% of the wealth. And the wealth gap is getting larger every day. It's like a game of Monopoly for those of you who may remember Monopoly. And you know, once somebody gets Park Place and Boardwalk and like that, 
and then the rest of us are only playing because we don't know how to get out of the game. We're about there. <laughs> We're about there. It's a, it's a game that's out of control, that is unsustainable, that has to crash. And it's not continuing because the forces that be are that sophisticated necessarily, but more because they are addicted to what they do. Because you can be addicted to power, to money, to influence, just as much as you can be to heroin or, or bad diets or to alcohol. So the, the issue is, how do I... How do I take control of my life? How do I program my mind so I can produce this, uh, produce some satisfaction, some, some happiness, some sense of uh, achievement and purpose in my life? How can I nurture the things that are important to me in a way that brings me joy and helps me to feel fulfilled. And I'll say one key to that is self-discipline. Self-discipline. Self-discipline is the ability to say no to ourselves. It is both a science and an art. Any achievement that we have in life at some level is based on some self-discipline. Think about when you, uh, for those of you who've worked, when you first started working a job. Mm -hmm. And maybe you were real happy that I've got a job. I'm 19 and I have a job now. Mm -hmm. Even after you get the job, though, you have to learn how to work how to prepare yourself for a job, how to get up in the morning and do the things that you need to do to be there on time. Because, you know, after the novelty wears off shortly and it becomes, uh, what's the proverbial word, a grind at some points, without some level of discipline, you will not continue to go to that job. Same thing with school. Same thing in relationships. Same thing with anything, uh, uh, um, a, a, a sport that we're into, going to the gym, eating right. At some level, it requires um, being uncomfortable to do un in intentional change. So we can build up our muscles, our emotional, mental, and physical muscles to... Um, to to uh, to change to be in, in charge of our lives with practice with practice so when I'm talking about discipline part of the science is not to take um, on the big monsters right off mm -hmm. say um, for instance if you're working on um, some dietary disciplines um, you may not say all in one day, I'm going to stop doing this and I'm going to stop doing that and just change everything to, today. Because history tells us that most of the time when we do that, 
just like we change over in one day, we can change back in one day. I mean, how many times have uh, those some of us committed to to doing the gym on New Year's Eve, and um, that lasts for about you know two weeks, and then we go back to our old habits. So the way we build those muscle is muscles is take small things. Anytime we do what we say we're going to do, our ability to to focus, to be consistent, to follow through becomes greater, no matter how small the thing is. So we might take something small. You could even take something irrelevant. You could say, when I get up in the morning, before I brush my teeth, I am going to turn around in a circle one time. Now, that has um, not much value that I can see, except that if you do what you say you're going to do, your willpower gets stronger. If you don't do what you say you're going to do, your willpower weakens. I mean, the Sufis say that will is all the power that there is. So anytime you say you're going to do something and you do it, you increase your willpower. Or we can be, we can look at it language. Language is a good way to look at it. Because we have so many colloquialisms that get us in trouble and keep us from being disciplined. So, you know, um, I, I met with some friends and I'm, and, I'm, I'm, and, I, and I'm leaving. I say, see you later. I just made a commitment that I perhaps have no intentions of, of, of meeting. So my word weakens when I do that, as opposed to saying, bye, take care. One is consistent with the reality, doesn't make a commitment. But I'm saying anytime I make a commitment, I need to follow, do my best I can to follow through with it. Because every time I follow through with it, my will gets stronger, my ability to manifest an intentional destiny becomes stronger. And if I do it with some small things, it becomes easier to attack the larger things. So we do it in a, in a systematic way. So maybe I say, I'm going to do two or three affirmations when I brush my teeth in the morning. Okay. I start to do that. And I do that long enough. And then look around, I can say, oh, I can actually um, spend um, a half an hour every day reading. Wh whatever it is that I choose that I want to do, if I systematically start with the smaller things, I can move up to larger things because my capacity to, to follow through, to manifest is increasing. And in the process, I strengthen my mind. What we're going to talk about throughout um, this podcast is different uh, approaches, different uh, blocks, different encouragements to the process of training the mind. Um, uh, there, you know, there are many systems that have a lot in common, actually, that teach us um, which um, passions, desires, um, we have to have some amount of discipline around in order for us not to become 
addicted and led by those passions. Hmm? Maturity is in learning how to be in charge of oneself. It's not about aging. You can be uh, 60 years old and still functioning like a 14-year-old. Maturity is about learning how to make intentional decisions about where and how you would put your place your energy and letting that help you design intentional life as opposed to being thrown around by the vicissitudes of life the winds of change or the whims of, of corporate the corporate world and when I say the corporate world, I'm really including politics in that too, because um, I see it all as being the same thing. But that's just a personal opinion, so get in there. So, thank you for listening. We will um, have a lot more to say and break a lot of this down in, in detail. And I'm open to your questions and comments as we go along to focus um, more precisely on your needs.